0: This is Mark and this is Kenny. And this is all I want to do is talk about Madonna. We are back from London. Ah, oh, rested, relaxed, gorgeous as always. Oh my goodness. Oh <laughs> my goodness. What a trip. Kenny Oh my
1: god. Mark. What how lucky are we? This was that was an amazing trip. It really was. I mean, London welcomed us with Open arms. It was and
0: and great weather. We had the best weather. It was gorgeous all week. Yeah. Um, and I think more than the euphoria of doing a live show uh, with Kenny, which which was like helium. Uh, the joy <laughs> The joy of spending so much time and getting to meet so many of the fellow Madonna fans and listeners of the podcast was just amazing. I I will hold that in my heart forever, honestly. So many interesting people. They came, they brought us presents, they cooked for us. It was just, it was a magical few days in London.
1: And I'll have to say, first of all, um, not first of all, but um, our audience, um, our big uh, drinkers. Yes. The the bar at the Omnibus Theater in Clapham said that um, they, that per, that There were more drinks sold within the hour of our show than they have ever had in the history of their theater. That's crazy. (laughs) Um,
0: The other crazy thing that happened, and it was such like, a a, 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 to Kenny's point, a climax to the week, uh, was uh, while we were live... We were being discussed on uh, uh, BBC Radio London on the Gabby Rossland show. Yeah. How did that happen? I
1: mean, it was totally crazy. This guy, Simon London, who is a reporter for BBC Radio and comes on to Gabby's show every week to talk about his podcasts of the week, featured our show in his review of the week. And he gave us just a gorgeous, gorgeous, glowing review. We were called Arch, Kenny. I mean, we were, we've arrived. He also called us Geeks and Nerds. I loved it. I loved it.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, si- and, and Simon, it was just an honor to hear it. And, it was. And, and to be discussed and, and to have it happen while we were live. It was like insane. It was
1: magical. Yeah, it was really insane. magical.
0: But enough well, of talking yeah, about... Yeah our
1: multimedia
0: empire uh let's listen to the episode
1: yeah i'm so excited to share it enjoy this episode was recorded at the omnibus theater in london on sunday february 12th 2023 at 1 p.m in front of a very live and very beautiful audience Welcome, welcome. I am Kenny. And I am Mark. And this is All I Wanna Do is Talk
0: About Madonna live in motherfucking London! Yeah!
1: The omnibus theater. Yes, wow, yes. Mark, should we have a seat? I think we should have a yes. seat. Welcome, everybody. This is crazy. Uh, it is Holy beyond crazy. Credo. We've been practicing a lot um, to the point where um, we may have wanted to kill each other a few times, um, uh, maybe more than yeah. Just a handful, <laughs> a handful. A moment. How's your trip been, Kenny? It's been a fantastic trip, Mark. Well,
0: you know, you guys, <laughs> London is the fucking best city in the world. It
1: really is. I'm
0: a big New Yorker, but, like, there's something about it, man.
1: It's a magical place. Well, I've been doing
0: a scientific experiment while I've been here. I've have been, been thinking <laughs> on that other hat I have. Um, I have been studying the treasure trails of London men here. And it's a great undiscovered, undiscovered field. They are some beautiful men in the city and they have some beautiful treasure trails. Really? They do, How many did you see? Um, That's gonna be in the report that's coming out in a few weeks, (laughs) along with this episode. So we're recording this live. This is live right now, well not, it's not (laughs) happening out in the world, but it's live. We're gonna be recording it.
1: We are recording it, Um, it's happening.
0: And it's, it's, you're in it, you're gonna be in it. So I hope you're all ready to be in it. Yeah.
1: well, I think, you know, um, we met a few people on Friday night when we did a talk back for Brian Mullen's amazing show, Live to Tell, which yeah. is here all through next week as well. Yeah. And um, a few people came who listened to the podcast and they said to us, it's so weird to see you talk.
2: Um,
1: so I hope you can get over that. Um, and But it's also so weird to see people here because we do this usually in... Uh, my apartment, space. yeah, yeah. In, in office space, just sitting across from each other. Um, my cat, Jack, comes in and out. And that's really our only audience for most people. Jack. Of the time. I'm allergic to cats. And Jack, <laughs> and this cat is obsessed with me. And so he comes right up
0: to me and wants to pet and pet. And then when I kind of, like, push him away, he goes and takes a shit.
1: <laughs> Little shit. Little
0: shit. <laughs> And it's, I mean, but we love Jack. Jack's like a special person to us. Uh, well, or a cat. A cat. A, cat um, a special being.
1: We know there are a few people here who have told us they're coming. So our the first one on our list that we want to say a shout out to is um Charlotte Salmon. Are, Where you, here? are you? babe? Charlotte, Charlotte
2: welcome, Salmon. Welcome.
1: Oh you have gifts. Yeah, it's a gift. Oh my gosh, oh yes, of course. Oh my, oh my gosh, gosh, thank you. Just for me. Oh, my oh my god. Oh my god. Charlotte, thank you. We got <laughs> Gorgeous. Is so, uh,
0: is oh. this, is this a, a, this is a 45? Oh my God. Oh my that Adrian in Thank Manchester, so he's going to eat his, oh.
2: Right, he's we'll gonna give love you, he's gonna we'll do, give so you jo- do
0: you know Wait. about Adrian in, in Manchester? He's this vinyl obsessive. I'm obsessed with this guy. He has like every vinyl ever made by oh, yeah. anybody.
1: You're obsessed with him because you think he's cute. He's too. a hottie. Yeah. And
0: he came, he went, he came <laughs> to the States and all he wanted to do was go to a Target. Because they had great
1: records. <laughs> Target. Target. As we call it. Um, um, wh- well, um, I actually wondered if uh, we're only now going to call people who have brought presents for <laughs> <laughs> us.
0: Um, um, Eric, is Eric here from Ireland? Oh, my God. Eric, you flew in for this. This is wonderful.
2: Wow. Oh, wow. He flew in. Oh, just give the love for that.
1: You'll um, be part of my study later. I've seen your photos online. Okay, now I'm now i now I have social anxiety and I'm forgetting other names. That's okay. We'll we'll see all of you
0: afterwards. Okay. But we we should get to the, like we should start talking about what we're gonna do. Oh yeah,
1: we should totally do that.
0: We're not just gonna sit here and talk to you about our lives and yeah. You know,
1: that we could. We could. <laughs> and we I will. Like um, all right. We tonight tonight this afternoon. This afternoon.
0: Uh huh. Yes. Thank you for waiting too. It's a very um. Uh, interesting journey doing live show. This is our first live show we've yes, ever this done. This is our first ever. So, um, thank you for being patient and waiting, and um, cheers to our team here at the Omnibus um, who yes, are just amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, thank
1: you. Uh, I literally and can't Adam. turn
0: on like the coffee maker in my room. And so the fact
1: that they do this. We had to lock Mark in the backstage in order to because he was starting to panic. Um <laughs> We're like, just to- stay in this room and don't come out till it's done. Anyway, uh alright. Today, finally, 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 we are going to talk about um the first track on album 11. Track one. Track one. American Life. Dude, I love it, Will it get me far?
2: Should I lose some weight? Am I gonna be a star?
1: Oh Good job. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that song. Oh well listen, it's the beginning of a new era, right? Um, we've we've are way out of the music era. Yeah. We've had the Drown World Tour. She's done this one-off single for James Bond, which has been a huge hit. Yeah. And as with every every album and every time she starts, she starts with a really interesting opening that sets this the the stage for us. And this is the first time I can think of and anybody call out if I got this wrong, where she starts with. An a cappella vocal. Oh totally, yeah. Yeah. Which really centers like her voice yeah. on this song and then on this album in a new way.
0: Um so how many um uh, uh, just a show of hands, who adores this song?
1: Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> who here Okay, hands down, thank okay. you. Okay, so that's like a piddling. Um who who's a, like a third, oh, that was a third. okay. Who good. here um doesn't like the song hates this song
0: turns it off oh oh,
1: i see well you see just two people who are okay okay and who here is like or three people who here is just sort of like i could give it a take i'm confused or ambivalent about it interesting yeah more than i thought Who here has no opinion or decided not to Who doesn't her? care about the <laughs> you here? Who's here like, I thought I was coming to something else? I don't know, I'm totally true. It's that promise nudity I promise now. Oh, yeah. Like, Aha, full job. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I mean I think this is a very divisive song and yeah. a very divisive era. I think things is a pivotal moment in her career where things shift. Right, yeah, and become a little it's a very trying time, I think, so um, but yeah, but before we get to any of that, yeah,
0: let's go back and just see what's going on, so you know, nine eleven has now happened. Madonna has settled in in London firmly with Guy Ritchie and their children. Um, she bought furniture for the country house she's all getting in, she's getting in with the people she's going to dinners hanging out in pubs with guy wearing fashionable berets with tweed on them there's all kinds of stuff going on <laughs> and she's having a lot of dinners where she's having because one of the things we've noticed being here and it's one of the things I love the most here is when you go to dinner with people you actually have a conversation, you're not on your phone, you're not fucking around you're here to really engage and exchange ideas and so I think she was going to a lot of dinner parties where they were talking about the state of the world and and with with intellectuals and artists and fashion people i mean london in 2002 2003 was a hotbed of hip fabulous progressive cool things lots of people had left the states it was just it was a time of a very feckin time here Mm. and i feel like that there was this feeling of, okay, what have I learned and what am I going to say about it from the data?
1: For sure. I mean, I think coming off the Drown World Tour where the last two shows were really in, under the shadow of nine eleven, 11 right? Yeah. And that then she had a whole year, and we all did have that year of processing what had happened and how the world had shifted, I think, as an artist, and especially an artist of her caliber and her height, felt like she had to make some kind of statement or do some kind of self-reflection. As we all did, I mean, I don't remember, I don't know where everybody else was in their lives, but I know for sure it was a time where my values shifted or they became clearer or more focused or I wanted to be able to understand a global view as opposed to an American view or a personal view.
0: And see, I was partying my face off, and all I wanted to do was be in the Mama Mia. I was like, oh, I was in For the sure. escapist world. I was like, I don't want to pay attention. I oh, never yeah. read the newspaper. I read the Village Voice every week, and that was my news source. But other than that, I really was trying to avoid reality in 2002, 2003.
1: For sure. I would go back and forth. I mean, I think and, there were lots of times where I didn't want to connect with anything happening in the world.
0: And oddly, Madonna was also kind of avoiding reality because she was doing all of these projects where she was playing people. She did Up for Grab, she did um, Swept Away, which we talked about in our Die Another Day episode, and she did uh, the Bond theme and, and Verity in Die Another Day. And so now kind of the dust has settled from all those projects, and it's like, what? It, yeah, and well, and, and she's got
1: to solidify what she's going to be saying. Well, it's like, interesting because, you know, like, and also how the album changed, this whole album, American Life, changed over the course of that year yeah. because she started recording right after she got... Back from filming or right before no. the tour? So, right so Madonna the tour?
0: left the tour. She took a month off, and then she and Merway started to work together on a follow-up, uh, which I think is so cool because, like, Madonna's just finished this grueling tour, and the first, the, the thing she wants to do more than anything is to make more music. Like, I think that's so awesome. She For began, sure. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take a year off and hide away," and so, and then, and then she went off to film "Swept Away." Right. Then she came back, okay. did more work with Merway then went to do Up for Grabs, then
1: came back again in the fall. Right, and I think that, you know, she's talked about, like, Ray of Light being the longest, like, recording process she had, like, in one time, but this is sort of the longest over the, up until, like, Rebel Heart, I'd say, the longest time over the course of time Yeah, where she's coming to and from the album. And in a way, like, uh, the American Life album, for me, is very, like, it is, like, two different albums, or there's all this different mix of, like, these really, like, electro-clash kind of punk dancy things and then these really like heartfelt guitar folksy yeah. and sometimes they mix including this song where they really mix well
0: and she's writing this is also the first time madonna's writing songs herself on guitar she's finally you know she's got some confidence in that she's writing tunes she's writing lyrics she's yeah. finding ways to kind of do this and, um, and she's primarily working with Merwe again. Um, Merweys? Merweys. My, oh, my, my poor pronunciation. That poor man. M- is It's here? Is Merweys here? <laughs> is Madonna's lawyer here? Oh yeah. She here today. Yeah, please ma- please ma- speak up. But, but you know, like, like um, she's also, it's a very insular group and, and yeah. she works with Guy Sigsworth and Jen Griffith on the song Nothing Fails. She writes a song with Monty Pittman, her guitar player, yep. and, and mm. our, our legendary friend. Rockstar. And um, Stuart Price and her write a
1: song together, so ecstatic process. But yeah. it's
0: primarily like this small little kind of
1: yeah. Merwe and and Meroe and she said, you know, said their idea was to try to write an album for the future that sounded like the future. So they were really going for that goal. And
0: it's such a Madonna thing to do that after these two huge albums and this huge hit tour, she does something totally 180. She did the same with Erotica. Yeah. Um, Prince did something like this after Sign of the Times. Yeah,
1: no, before, well, I would say like, you know, after Purple Rain, he then goes on to to do... um, Uh, around the world in a day and uh, Parade which are really experimental albums and in a way this is sort of the same for Madonna we hadn't seen a peak in her career like this since you know before Vogue and Blonde Ambition so and and then and that's when she pivoted to erotica and took her biggest risk at that time in her career and this again I think is a real shift where she's like okay I hit the top again and that tour was so big and she's, as she echoes in Hollywood and everything, music's playing the same songs. I want to do something different. I want to break the mold. I want to break the system. And she really goes for it with this.
0: Yeah, she does. And I mean, and in a way, it's, it's also a way to shake off the pressure because like sure. how do you follow music and how do you follow these big hit songs? And I think that that's, that's what's so um, amazing about her as an artist always is just when you think, okay, the formula is set. She goes in another direction. Yeah,
1: good and bad about. Yeah, it. she wanted to destroy herself and change something or become something yeah. else, right? Yeah. It's interesting too because the music world was changing too. I, um, this was the time where music piracy was becoming. Um, well, it was. It became a new advent for people to access music, right, without having to pay for it. And um, Penny, did you use a pirated? A pirated.
0: <laughs> a pirated um, uh, a sh- file sharing soft, uh, site? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can
1: Kenny, we do that again you, for recording? <laughs>
0: did, Kenny,
1: did you use a, a file sharing site? Yes, I did. Which one? Well, I loved LimeWire, that for some reason was the one I used, Um, um, but Napster was the big one that became really the center of attention, right? Yes, yes. Um, Did you?
0: Um, I did, I did, I did. I I, I stole a lot of music, I did. Well, I think,
1: I thought of it this way, like, I I guess it's stealing, except like, you know, growing up I had had all these albums and cassettes, which I had lost or had been gone Lost in my life at that point. So I kept feeling like I was rebuilding my library as opposed to stealing.
2: <laughs>
0: but, but the other the great thing about it was, I mean, you know, in everybody now it's like everything is on streaming and you don't have to pay for anything. But right. I, there was a lot of like unreleased like remixes and stuff. Yes. It was such Nashos. a great time. And you could really, you know, Charlotte could do a remix of, you know, Gambler and send it to me on a file share and then I'd have it forever. Right. I would still have it because I kept everything on USB keys. I had everything. It's terrible. Uh, the music, Phoenix, this band Phoenix. Do you remember that band? Yeah, yeah. I was obsessed yeah. with them. I had their whole catalog
1: that I oh. stole. It's right. terrible. Well, but, so, yeah, so, okay, well, we'll, 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 put, we're just gonna put that in a parking lot for later. <laughs> um, uh, but um, but, but uh, there were
0: also a lot of, like, cases battling this, and, and bands like Metallica and Pearl Jam were really active with, like, testifying Congress about laws to protect the artists, right? To shut down Napster, and
1: but it wasn't really working. No, and you know Madonna had already faced one leak, right? With music, where a little bit of that had been leaked, but for this album, the whole album was was going to be leaked, right? Oh, and, inevitably. And so she, I, so some of you probably know the story, or maybe you all do. Um, she, being Madonna and her team, decided to be proactive and release the album themselves through one of these sites. She chose the site Kazaa. Um, And so they released the whole album, all the tracks, um, so anybody could download it. But when you downloaded the tracks, which took a long time, right? Took
0: forever, like hours of time. And remember, you're on a dial-up modem, so like your phone (laughs) lines are stuck for like...
1: A morning as you're downloading the new Madonna. <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna album. get that album. I'm ga- I'm I need gonna... to hear Hollywood. I need to hear it now. I
2: love love profusion.
0: I can't I don't wait even know what it, it <laughs> is yet.
1: But by the end of the day, I'm gonna know so all the lyrics.
0: And Die Another Day is there. It's yeah. Free.
1: Yeah. All right. So then, so you finally got it. You're like, okay, 100%, I'm gonna click on the track now. And when you clicked on it, this is what you heard. What the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Every single track. Yes! I mean, first of all, that just goes to her sense of humor um, and also her badassery, right? And we stole that, that clip. Like, we stole, oh, yeah, that. Right. we stole that clip. Well, there are no rights or paying for that, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I want that to be my ringtone now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody ask us about ringtones recently. I
0: want uh, the, the quote that's in Brian's show. It's so hot in here, I can't even think. Does anyone have a fan? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want in the interview program. Um, well, and and so then, um, a smarmy uh, uh, techie guy, yeah. he
1: wound up, well, he he then he went to her website and actually released the whole album on her website with the tracks that he had stolen and um, put them on there so anybody could access them. And he said, um, I think he said, now I'm going to try to read my notes." He said, "Well, this is what the fuck we're doing, oh! right?" And then he at the end of it said, <laughs> um, "He best he said, right Morgan Webb, will you marry me?" Do you guys know who Morgan Webb is? Uh.
0: So Morgan Webb is this fabulous um, female techie expert from the early 2000s. She yeah. was a video game developer who then became like an advisor to different tech companies and making their... Um, their applications and everything really cool. She was on the cover of Maxim. Yeah, she was a babe. She, like, was, she like, was like a, she was like a tech babe, and she also changed her her look a lot. A lot. She was a very peculiar. She was sort of the
1: Madonna pretty, of the tech, the tech world. world. Yeah.
0: And, and someone asked her to marry him.
1: I don't someone, think she did. Not that we know of. Yeah. I hope yeah. not. Yeah. I hope not. He sounds like Morgan Webb here. <laughs> <laughs> <don't know>. okay. <laughs> so, um, Mark, what? Do you, like, how does this song, what does American Life the song mean to you, or how do you, what's your connection to it? Oh, Kenny, I hoped you'd ask this question. <laughs> oh, guys.
0: So I, I was so lost in 2003. I was living in Chicago. I was drinking heavily. I was partying a lot. I was getting solicited by Rufus Wainwright at the Berlin nightclub next to the old, to the Vic Theater where he was playing. There was a lot of darkness, and uh, <laughs> um, I had these maroon pants. Remember telling you about my maroon? I had these maroon pants that, like, li- from J. Crew. From J. Crew. That literally I never took off. I, I had them on all the time. And um, I went to a midnight, um, one of the last midnight record release parties for American Life in April of 2003, Tower Records in Chicago, downtown did and they used to do this the record stores would do midnight releases of these albums so you could buy it the first thing and you would also like get a little bit of swag like I think I got like like a poster, like a little card of the record out. Like there were little things you'd get or like a mouse pad with like Madonna on it or things like that. And, and I loved that. I mean, I was so excited and I would stand in lines and I would meet boys and I would give them my phone number, my landline and you know, cause I didn't give out my cell, my mobile cell phone number yet. And oh, um, yeah. and the, the other album that came out that same day was Cindy Lauper's At Last. Does anybody know this album by Cindy Lauper?
1: Um, it's like her album of standards. Yeah, it's a yeah.
0: jazz album that everyone had said, "Oh, you need to make an album," and finally she did it, and she called it At Last.
1: I mean, I think that's just such an interesting moment of recognizing, like, how these two pop stars who started essentially at the same time and were pitted against each other, like how different their careers went at that time Madonna making the most experimental dangerous album of her career at that time yeah and Cyndi Lauper doing classics
0: classics yeah like standards um and and I was so desperate I mean I I needed Madonna as a lifeline I think a lot of people here knows what that period of your life is like where it's like Madonna is speaking directly to you and I need I need some tools to deal with this crazy life I'm leading and um, she could have released like nursery rhymes from the English Roses, this album cycle. And I would have been there, I would have been there my fifteen ninety nine dollars to, to buy this record no matter what. So I, have, I, I can't look at it like, I, I, I think I, I embraced it much more than I enjoyed the song. I was just so
1: hungry for more Madonna. Yeah, I mean, I think... What was yours? I, I, like, the opposite. I know. I, um, I really, I'm, I'm saying this, and I'm, I think this is a room of friends, and I'm going to say this honestly, that um, this was a moment where I kind of wanted to step away from the Madonna world. I was uncomfortable with this whole time with her. I didn't love this part at the time. I'm going to say it's changed now, especially as we've gone and done all this work on it. But at the time I found, I think I'm very, very, very influenced by um, cultural dialogue or conversation. And I think there was so much, and we're going to talk about it, so much negativity and stuff around her and this album. And it really affected my experience of listening to the album in a way where I sort of, I didn't invest the same that I had in other Madonna albums. And specifically this song, I found very difficult um, unpleasant for me. I didn't like it, and I was annoyed by it and I didn't I didn't understand why she was doing it. Um as we've reflected on it, and it really was in 2019, and we'll talk about this later when I saw her do it at the Pride performance and the song, I was like, oh my God, this song is so much better than I remembered it and has so much more meaning to me. And I started to think like, you know, but still, like the song really like disrupts itself it disrupts us it's very like a, it's like a brechtian experience it's annoying
0: <laughs> yeah and and it's a song that when it when when it, it's designed to be different than everything else that was being played on the radio yes. this was like the height of britney and christina aguilera and the backstreet boys and robbie williams and this like very architectured sheened pop yeah, And this song is like...
1: <sighs> yeah, and Merwes and Madonna had said, too, that they wanted it to feel like these rough recordings that were made in somebody's apartment, which I think they really achieved. Like, yeah. it's really rough in that way. But so over time, I've decided, like, oh, this song was, is, is consciously a disruptor. It is, like, the ultimate disruptor. Yeah. And it's really there for us to, like, stop and listen and to not necessarily groove. I mean, it can groove at times, It does, but it also is really like a difficult groove. And I think it, for me, this is my opinion, starts with that crazy, crazy bass line. I can't think of uh, another song that has a bass that's that pronounced, that's that, like, sticky and grimy. And it's, it's gooey. It doesn't have... It's like... And it's kind of like you can groove, but you can't quite get it. Um, yeah, yeah. So it sort of sets us up in this really, like, strange beginning. And then the build on top of it, I think, you know, becomes compelling, but also, like disrupting it just sort of has you have to listen to it in a different way
0: and there's a tonal pitch to it that just makes it it, it's an aggressive it's not gonna it's gonna like pull you it's a pull it it like tugs you along as opposed to kind of just being the being the base of it yeah it's it's, it's kind of doing this thing that's like and it's very craft i mean it reminds me of craft work it reminds me of like a lot of the electro stuff that was going on
1: at that time for sure yeah, yeah, and ways says that, you know, he always was looking to craft work as inspiration. So yeah. I can see that. But it's like craft work turned up and disor- distorted because they were so much more subtle and smooth in and so filter. many and There's a filteredness, there's an artificiality to it too. Yeah. 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 Well we were like doing a deep dive into ways because we were trying and craft work and we were trying to find something that like could be like, oh, here's like a benchmark, a song that like sort of is the lineage of the song, and I couldn't find any. I mean, if any of you can think of one, please shout it out or let us know. But um we couldn't find one. So but then we started to geek out about Mirwa, and we like kept going further back into his um discography, and we were looking at the original band he was in, Taxi Girl.
0: Does anyone know this band Taxi Girl from from like the late 70s, early 80s? Yeah, see, this is
1: the thing about Mere Wace, like well, does he do any other music? Like, if you look at his thing, like, he's like, he's the weirdest discography, it's so strange. And, like, she had him, she kept him in a side chamber yeah. for like 20 years before Madame Like, like Merways, I need you.
0: It's like, Sign.
1: is it 2004? <laughs> um, uh, uh, anyway, um, you know, because, like, as unlike William Orbit, who goes on after a Ray of Light to do tons of different people, Mirwais isn't. Working with a bunch of other people. No, no. Uh, because he consider- – I think it's because he considers himself an art- – well, he is an artist, and he makes his own kind of work, and he's not interested yeah. in all that stuff. But this band Taxi Girl was, like, the very first band he was in, and it was a rock band. He played guitar in it, which I think is important because this album, unlike music – though there are um, guitar songs on music yeah. – this album is still really built on guitar riffs, and all of those are really – I mean, Madonna plays some of them, but gu- but, like, in this, when we hear the guitar in this – it's ways yeah,
0: and, 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 it's, and he was a performer before he was a producer and a songwriter. And, and there's this kind of misconception that Merway Mirway's just kind of came out of any the ether. And he had this right. whole career with this band.
1: Yeah. And they so, were on... Yeah, yeah so we found this clip. This is just like a clip of one of their songs called Cherchez Le Garçon. I'm terrible my French, but um, Look for the Boy. And um, let's just listen to a live yeah. clip of them doing it. ticket, the 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 ticket, the
2: ticket, the ticket, the ticket, the ticket, the ticket, the ticket, the ticket,
1: French synth pop, right? Okay. But I, but even that little like beginning dun, 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 is a sort of beginning of this. Or we can even hear it in like Hollywood. This or... is
0: so my jam. I love synth pop, and I love this kind of like. And I love that I don't know what he's saying. It's very sexy. <laughs> I can make it whatever I want it to
1: be. Yeah. Does anybody? Does um, anybody here understand what they're saying? Parlez-vous français? No. Oh God! Down with the French! Yeah. No! 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 everything's okay. I love the French. Yeah, I do too. They're very passionate. Yes.
2: Um. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. So. So listen. I think. There's a lot we we're gonna talk about with the song going on, but I guess we should stay with positives, right? Yeah.
0: Well, um, I mean I think I, I think what sets this this music uh, from all the electric clash that we talked about, and I think we talked about this a little bit in Die Another Day, is the warmth of Madonna's vocals. Yeah. Because a lot of these songs, they're very tongue-in-cheek, very sophisticated lyrics, but the the vocal is very monotone and it's like I just want to dance. I just want to be. <laughs> I want to be in a trance. But Madonna's incapable of being that yeah, um, yeah. cold. She's, it's impossible. And so um, there's that passion that infuses yeah. it, no matter what kind of tricks are in the studio.
1: And that comes out the most in
0: that fucking that fucking bridge, bridge. baby.
2: Uh-oh.
1: That is just so gorgeous yeah so when we were listening to the recording without her voice what intrigued me was that you could hear this organ on top of the guitar there it is and which see, I always really thought this out. was
0: her was her voice. She was like harmonizing with her voice, but
1: she's harmonizing with the organ. Yeah, which, which is gorgeous. Oh,
2: it's gorgeous! I mean, yeah,
1: this that's to this me is the to thing it. to hold on to in the song. Well, there are other things we're we'll talking about. Oh soon, my gosh! But,
0: but it's like a tidal wave. That's that that part is like a t- it yeah. just it just washes over you. And I'm always like, oh, there's that. There she is.
1: Yeah, and that sort of starts to get us to think about like, what is she saying in this song?
0: What is she saying? <laughs>
1: Um, it's so hard, you know, there's so many levels you can take this song, this song on, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh,
1: and and I mean, part of it is like, part of it you can be like, oh my God, this is the most self-indulgent talk, you know, conversation that she's having with herself about her place in the world, right?
0: And yet it's not, because right. I think, I think what is happening in this song is that Madonna is both doing that thing she's always trying to do, which is, um... Evoke that early time when she was young and hungry and alone and, and trying to break into the business. And that's what those lines about. I, 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 I went into a bar looking for sympathy, a little company, tried to find a friend, more easily said. But she's also <laughs> straddling. Wasn't that, wasn't that beautiful? That was <laughs> right. Thank you.
1: I know, I could just listen to you recite the <laughs> words. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Um, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Um, thank you. Well, okay. Time. I mean, I want to talk about this. Madonna went into a bar.
2: She does go. She <laughs> went into bars.
1: She's just looking for company.
0: Yeah, a little. Got <laughs> to find a friend. Don't you do that? I go into bars looking for friends.
1: <laughs> okay. Do you ever find friends in bars? No. no. Actually, the other night when we were at Two Brewers, we made a bunch of friends. We made a lot of... We went to
0: Two Brewers around the block. We went to this... It's, it's literally 1998 all the time. It's so <laughs> it's, it's the best place I've ever been. I mean... what? We have to go there. Okay, so there was a girl. I love this. There was that, that stage. Does everyone know this place? There's a stage where the drag queens perform. This girl was up there jamming out to Call Me Maybe, my Miss Carly yes, Rae Debson. Yes. And she had her purse and her coat. her coat. Her whole, this big puppy coat. And a like, drink, right? Like, no, she, no, didn't, she have didn't have a drink. She was okay. She was going with it. She was going crazy, and I loved her. Yeah. And then her boyfriend literally just came from, like, the office. Yeah, he comes in and she's like, "My boyfriend, my boyfriend!" She jumps down, pushes us out of the way, (laughs) kisses her boyfriend. He looks terrified to be in this (laughs) game, and he comes up and they start dancing back up. It was, it was, I I was moved.
1: Yeah, it was. I I was moved. moved. It was definitely moving.
0: (laughs) It was was much more moving than swept away. Let's just say. (gasps) I know, (sighs) but but, but, yeah, we got
1: a lot. People. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. We met some people who listened to the show, came down, and yeah, was that was really, really nice. sweet. Enough, Mark, yeah. Mark um, accosted the DJ until he played um, Madonna's song for us. Um, he played Sorry, which was fabulous. And if you've been watching our Instagram, she's now rocking out to Sorry too, which is so fun. Um, anyway, anyway, so she went. So, but I want to go back to the beginning of the lyrics. I tried to be a boy. I tried to be a girl. I tried to be the best. I guess I did it wrong. <laughs> um, and I, I see all of that. That all makes sense with her career. I see her trying to do all of that.
0: Well, and I think she's also, it, it's this thing of like, she, she's been, she's writing from both the viewpoint of the bottom of the mountain and the top of the mountain of her success. And I think she's in conversation with those because oh, she's yeah. like, "This is how. What, this is what I thought it was going to give me. This is what I thought it was going to provide me. This is what I know to be true up here because it's. I'm still not getting the things I wanted. Right. I'm still not finding a friend. I'm not finding." My identity. I'm trying all these identities out. Ah,
1: uh, so you feel like when she's like, "Do I have to change my name? Am I going to be a star? Do I have to lose some weight?" That's like her inner monologue from when she was younger, or is it still her inner? Monologue? I think.
0: It, I think she she's she's upset that it's still part of her inner monologue. Oh, I think she's 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 like I thought it was going to solve all those questions I asked yeah. would be answered by my success, right? And now not only am I successful, I've proven staying power. And I'm still not, I don't have the answers to that. I'm still having to go to the gym.
1: But didn't she tell us this in Drown World World Substitute for Love? She's changed her mind. Didn't we already know this?
0: Kind of, but I don't think she's found, she she may have said she changed her mind, but that doesn't mean you're still not, like, beholden to that inner monologue of Uh doubt and frustration and, you know. And and, and the the lack of freedom she has, because she's now forever going to be Madonna. And do I have to change my name? I mean, how aside from, like like when Mariah Carey made that like like alternative record that she was going to release oh, yeah. in the 90s that she didn't release and she was going to do it under an assumed like a different name like that's what Madonna
1: would have to do to well this not is like I mean in this album cycle she is like a character right she's yeah. not totally Madonna she's which we'll talk about more where she's um Co-opted the images of Che Guevara to sort of represent this rebellious idea, rebellion idea, and she's rebelling against herself too. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's all true. I feel like you know when she's on Jonathan Ross, which we're going to talk about, um, she actually comments on how she feels insecure about her performance. She didn't know if it was a good performance or not, and she also talks about that she doesn't think she looks beautiful. That she feels she doesn't she look. Looks good
0: she does look oh amazing oh my god the yeah. hell? so
1: I guess it's, it, it is playing into all those insecurities yeah she does really look amazing and, and the
0: line thing. that really resonated me this time uh, in, in re-listening the song is it's always been the same and that to me is her call to arms it's like it's always been the same how do we do something different how do we yeah. take it this way? We've been going this path this whole time. Let's do this.
1: Well, she's—you know—she had told us that she was going to do this and die another day, right? I'm going to break this. I'm going to shake yeah. the systems. Are going to? We're going to shut it down. We're going to do something new. We also know she means business because her hair is black.
0: You know, Amen. Um,
1: and that's serious. She fuck around when she's got no. black hair. No, no. She's no. serious. Um, Unless
0: it's a wig in Madame X, then it was real. That's kind of a
1: lie.
0: She really dyed her hair for this. I checked several times. You yeah, no, know? that was it's her real hair. Black hair. Yeah, That was
1: her real hair. Um, <laughs> um, can we
0: talk about the rap? I think it's time. We talked about this fucking rap. Oh, well, All right, let's talk about this, this
1: fucking rap. All right. Um, I think, can we start with just hearing her do it?
2: I'm drinking a soy latte, I get a double shotte It goes through my butter, and you know I'm satisfied I drop my Mini Cooper and I'm feeling super duper Yo, they tell me I'm a trooper and you know I'm satisfied I do yoga and Pilates and the room is full of hotties So I'm checking out the bodies and you know I'm satisfied I'm digging on the acid, pop, this metaphysics shit is dope And if all this can give me hope, you know I'm satisfied I got a lawyer and a manager, an agent and a chef Three nannies an assistant and a driver and a jet. A trainer and a butler and a bodyguard of five. A gardener and a stylist, do you think I'm satisfied? I'd like to express my extreme point of view. I'm not a Christian and I'm not a Jew. Not I'm amazing. just living yeah. out the American dream and I just realized that nothing is what it seems. <laughs> <Girl>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so we want to throw the gauntlet down. Who um, knows the rap?
0: Who wants to try to do the rap? <laughs> I'm serious. I heard someone singing along.
2: Yeah, I need help. to Why don't you
0: come down and try it yeah.
1: with us? Uh,
2: come yeah. on down.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. Hello. <laughs> All right, you got to What's, What's your name?
0: Here,
2: guys. Hi, Hi, Becky. Hi.
1: Oh, yeah, we have a microphone for you over here. Yeah, okay. All right, let me grab the that microphone. for you. Or, um, Adam, are you getting that, or should I grab the mic? you go. Okay, great. You're going to do great. <laughs> it's to the
0: track. It's to the track. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, you'll have a live track. Yeah, not with her. Not with her. She won't be there. She won't be. You'll be alone. Make it till you make it. Oh, baby. that's the thing. Becky, where are you from? I'm from
3: Liverpool originally, but oh. I lived in
2: London,
0: like, yeah, ages. So there's too. a beautiful song by the Bengals called Going Down to Liverpool. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. All the days of my yeah. life. Oh. Suzanne Vega has a song called In, in Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. all right. Oh, all right. my all right. gosh. Can okay. you guys help me?
3: Because there's bits that I go blank on. So, yeah, help yeah, me right. out. Look at me. Look good.
1: at me if yeah, you know it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I may fuck you up, yeah, gonna that's fine. Right. Right. I'm going to be here judging. All right, <laughs> go. On. All right, all right. So, somehow, we're going to play it. I'll give you the cue in. Miss it, we'll start it again.
2: Okay?
1: okay. All right. What's my I'm drinking a so
2: I I get a double shot it. it. goes through my body and you are know never satisfied. I drive my
0: Mini Keeper and I'm feeling super deep. But you can tell me I'm a keeper and you are know never satisfied. I don't know the when and the room is full of parties and I'm drinking all the parties cause you you're it's satisfied. I'm you're drinking all my isotopes.
2: And all you you know I'm satisfied. I got a am
0: Extreme point of
2: view. I'm
0: not a Christian and I'm not a Jew. Yep. I'm just living out uh, the American dream, and I just realized that nothing is worth. <laughs> <winning>. <laughs> 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 yes, <nice. laughs> Becky from Liverpool
2: lives fucking London. Anybody else want to try what Becky did? The, the, the,
0: the, 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 the staff is the stumbling block. The staff is the stumbling block. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, we still, yeah, yeah. still can't do it.
0: All right. Do we, Kenny, do you and I want to try it? Or do we not want to? That, that was pretty badass. Yeah, I don't think we need to. That. Okay, we're not going
1: to do it. <laughs> Becky, you're amazing. So, you know, I think that's like, well, there's really two famous. Madonna Raps. That's yes. the second of the two. Yes.
0: Um, but the difference is, is Vogue is all about other people. And this is about Madonna's 2% life. <laughs> and, that, and that to me has always been, it, it makes me kind of, it, it, it's, you know, I'm like, oh, Madonna. Like, you're not giving up the gardener. You're not giving up the drug. Well, is she supposed to? I don't know. I mean, I I
1: think, I, I think she's trying to like say none of this stuff matters. yeah. It's weird though to hear all of it, right? Yeah, but but not surprising, right? That somebody of her stature like has all these people working for her, yeah, um, to keep her life moving. But it is it is like a weird. It's it's like I feel like she was, you know, she's she's a really. I think Madonna's a great writer. I love Madonna's writings, you know, and and I think with this, she was like, I think the personal is political, or the person, the, the personal. I have to talk personally, like in a way, it's like this whole this song has a lot of like. Rich white guilt in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, and she says when she's on, um, Jonathan Ross, which we're about to play a clip yeah. of in a minute, that, uh, you know, I was just writing down all the things I was doing at the time. Yeah, yeah. And she talks about her Mini Cooper. There's so many pictures of her driving around in London in her Mini Cooper. Did anybody ever see her in Mini Cooper? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, riding her bike. There's a lot of oh, bike yeah. things. I started drinking
0: coffee with soy when I heard this. This is how crazy it was. I did. I was like, oh, I'm going to
1: drink my coffee with soy. Maybe, you know. Oh. Yeah. Well, I got three nannies. No,
0: I think about. I think Madonna has more than five bodyguards. I think she has six, and his name is Barry. And the sixth one was like. You oh, yeah. forgot about me.
1: Oh yeah, what
0: he actually he,
1: Barry um, went to talk to Tina. Oh god!
0: <laughs> now I think I think Tina got Madonna to send Barry like a chocolate
1: something, being like, "Sorry, I left you out of the song." Yeah, i probably. Please
0: <laughs> don't let me yeah. get kidnapped.
1: <laughs> um, I, have, I have a big question for you, Mark. Yeah. Um, what are isotopes?
0: Oh gosh, that was.
1: I'm digging on the isotopes.
0: And uh, yeah, well, so uh, we did some. Some uh, I have the definition here. Yeah. <laughs> my, my science teacher from high school, Michelle Grunewald, this is for her. Um, it's called isotopes are two or more types of atoms that have the same atomic number and position in the periodic table and that differ in nucleon numbers due to different numbers of neutrons in that nuclei. So examples are carbon-14 um, and uh, hyperbaric oxygen. And what it is, is it's an um, anti-aging recovery uh, mm. system. Don't snort over there. I heard that. <laughs> um, no, so, so it's, it, it's like being in a tanning bed, but with oxygen. And it, what it does is it speeds up your cells so that you recover and your, your skin uh, rejuvenates its oxygen um, ten times as fast as it would, and it also helps with like recovery from injury. So I'm assuming somebody turned her on to this during the Drowned World Tour for her burpee needs because when she's doing
1: those burpees, like yeah. that's Michael Jackson, her when you're 44, Michael Jackson probably. Michael did.
0: Jackson, he gave her a gift certificate He's for like, her birthday. Madonna, Madonna, I got, I got a place for you. I, I got a place it. you could go. Come on. Her name's actually <laughs> <laughs> This a very definition of me, but I'm giving it to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's uh, like,
0: so, so I think it's like an anti-aging thing that like the two percent do.
1: I'm digging on these isotopes. This metaphysic metaphys- yeah, shit and, and, is dope.
0: Yeah, so it's metaphysics, which is like a Kabbalah thing. Yeah. And then this anti-aging thing. Okay. You know, I, yeah. Justin, uh, every do, do people huff oxygen for their anti-aging? Problem? Everyone's got an anti-aging.
1: I brought three eye creams. This <laughs> trip alone. You look fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, everybody.
0: <laughs> I always used to say, like, oh, it's a lot of Pilates. It's not true. I don't do Pilates, but I would always like, oh, it's a lot of Pilates. And what, I drink a what lot is? of water. What is?
1: The
0: look. Oh, the body. I mean, the the phagos, body. Like, I drink a lot of water and I do a lot of Pilates. <laughs>
1: That's not true. It's a lie. <laughs> Um, this was, so the, the rap was, um, the, this song had a lot of controversy around it, but I would say that the rap was one of two big parts of this song and era that were a problematic for people. And when she's on Jonathan Ross, yeah. they talk about this directly.
3: Now, here's one thing I noticed. When the album came out, when the single came out, American Life, which, which did great for you as well, mm-hmm. you rapped at the end of it. Yeah. a lot of people thought, well, maybe this isn't your natural territory. This isn't your domain. Well,
2: who's to say what, whose domain it is?
3: I could only agree with you on that, but um, I know, you know, a lot of people say rap lyrics, not Madonna's territory here. I believe
2: Well, why not? I wrote them. They're my words. I can say them. Okay. <laughs> Does it have to do with the fact that I'm not black?
3: It's got to do with the fact, I think, that you're known for pop originally as well, I think. You know, you've had such a long career when you've had... But ski- I'm
2: also known for not sticking to the program and for surprising people and yeah. changing and doing different things. I
3: actually like the rap. Okay. You know, I'm not just saying that I'm like, not attacking rap. you. No, I know, but you were giving me what we call the same. Right you know.
2: No, actually somebody told me that that, that that there was some criticism of my rap, but that's good. I welcome all criticism.
3: But you know, do you really
2: <laughs> that bitch
0: <laughs> Jonathan, you guys are so fucking lucky you got Jonathan wrong. I mean, he has given, I well, mean, whatever you think. Do people like him? Do people like
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, okay, Okay. yeah. I, I mean, because,
0: like you know, we're looking, what? Less than used week. Less oh, yeah? than we Well, he's gotten fat and like, <laughs> stodgy. He's not hungry. <laughs> What's what? that? Went
2: to
0: ITV. Oh. Oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> he went to ITV. Oh. No one watches ITV. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh. See, like our Paramount Plus. Nobody's uh, watching Paramount uh, Plus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Isn't that where the Madame X store was? It was. Okay. It was. I had to wait for that fucking DVD, and I watched it, and I was like, "This took a year to make." Jesus Christ. Oh, girl. Um, no, but jo- Jonathan Ross has been able to do uh, one of the great, two of the greatest interviews he's, Madonna's ever done in these crazy different circumstances. I mean, the one from 1992 is in a hotel room in Paris. It's the two of them talking. This one, it's an audience. She sings three songs. Um, His wife is in the audience. It's it's amazing. And he's still able to connect with her and get so much out of her. I think that that's what's so interesting. He's so underrated, I think. Yeah,
1: he really puts her at ease. She laughs a lot, as you can hear, and is able to talk back, but not, you know, And this is part of what's interesting about this time and when we're going to talk about the video in a minute or videos um, that, you know, she, unlike the erotica time where she really put up like her armor and really was tough, like in a way that was like almost off-putting or she, well, she was fighting. Yeah. You know, here or she knows she's up for a fight, but she's much more relaxed about it. And he certainly brings out a warmth in her yeah. that could be missing in other times. It totally, just, you know, totally. Yeah. Well, and she's in a happier place in her life, and she's you know she's very, yeah.
0: she's very content. How much do you think about Kenny? Is is the resistance to this out? Is the song and the rap the rap or about Kabbalah? Because this really is the first time. I mean, there's K- Kabbalah. Symbols, symbolism in the Die Another Day video. But this is really the first time that Madonna um, is using Kabbalah textually in her songs.
1: Well, yeah, I mean... In her art. I think this is where, you know, um, there are three things you're not supposed to talk around the table. Money, religion, and politics. And Uh, she sort of... Put talks them, about all three at this time there. period, yeah, yeah, um, which makes it very uncomfortable. But Kabbalah, in particular, in particular, was something, and I don't know what you're all feeling about this time was. But you know, we knew Kabbalah was in her life. Like we've known for a long time, at least at this point by five years, at least six or seven seven years. years, And then we knew she was studying. We'd heard her talk about it to a degree, but she had, this was a time period where she really like brings it out publicly. Talks about it. And it's featured. I mean, it's, it's featured as part of the album cycle, the
0: interview process and she.
1: Yeah, when she does an interview with Matt Lauer, she talks all about Kabbalah. You've called it very punk rock. Yeah. I don't know what you mean by that. Why is that?
2: Because to me, punk rock is thinking outside of the box, outside of the program, outside of establishment. And that's what it is.
1: You said one time it's like getting the codes to the universe. It is,
2: the codes to the universe. It's hard. I mean... No, it's
0: amazing. Yeah. I mean, isn't it amazing that, they, that there are laws of the universe that you can actually find out
2: about, live your life according to, and change the world? for the better isn't that amazing so if I said to you what is your religion I don't have a religion because I don't like that word religion I don't religion
1: you used to have a religion what was it I, mean, weren't you, weren't I you? was raised
2: a Catholic, Catholic but that was something that was imposed on me by my family my, my, my parents because that's what my father is
1: so if someone asked you you would say I have
3: no religion now
2: I'm not yes I'm spiritual I'm a Kabbalist
3: healthy
1: i mean i think that's what one of the things that makes me uncomfortable with this period or did at the time and now i I see it differently but at the time i was like it sounds like scientology to me or some one of these other made-up religions even though the kabbalah is based in ancient history and there are these sacred teachings it felt like and the way you hear heard about the kabbalah center at least for me was like Um, These places people went and they there were these these levels of entry to get to the deeper materials, which sounded like like Scientology or some kind of cult Um, and made me nervous about her in a way that I hadn't felt nervous about her before. I also think I grew up Jewish, I still identify as Jewish, that there was something about her co-opting this part of religion and saying it wasn't religion, that it was something else knowing, again, like when she was in the Die Another Day video and using the the Hebrew lettering and the Jewish iconography that made me uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable with my own relationship to Judaism, growing up queer. And Judaism, even though it seems like it should be super open, I never felt really safe or supported in that world. And therefore, her co-opting it and stepping away from it or saying, well, it's not religion, it's something else, was really too much for me to process. I didn't trust it. And it made me question her in a way that, um, again, made me sort of step away. When I look at it now, I think um, I admire how the freedom that she has to explore and that she is. I like that she says, I don't believe in that, I don't like that word religion. And that, because I think that idea is an institution that traps us you know or can trap us depending on your relationship to religion yeah. or you can find deep comfort in but that is has so much baggage to it and she's sort of saying well i'm looking for meaning and understanding i will go anywhere and study anything to deepen that understanding without the baggage yeah 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 i mean it's
0: it it, it, it i i don't have that same reaction to Kabbalah because i had already kind of grappled with madonna's catholicism with like a prayer i mean i'm catholic and I grew up Catholic, I still identify as Catholic, and um, I think I was so aware of the hypocrisy of the church, even at when I was 13, when Like a Prayer came out, I definitely felt like right on Madonna, you're exposing and using burning crosses and saints in the church and all of that to kind of, uh, you're using the language of the church to expose its hypocrisies, and I think, um, it's a problematic thing because like how much are you supposed to, how much are pop stars supposed to have spiritual lives? Like isn't their job to make pop music? That's the the cultural thinking about it. But they do have spiritual lives and they do have a deeper meaning that's guiding them. And Madonna's relation, hearing it just now I'm like, but Madonna you just spent, you had a whole album called Like a Prayer. Like did you forget that you were so Catholic? Like,
1: well, I don't think she forgot, ago. Like, but she like, wasn't yeah. so Catholic. she I mean, I feel like that album is her responding to her upbringing in so many ways. I mean, Oh Father is really a push away from Catholic- Catholicism. But, but, she, but she
0: systematically addresses in each song like all of the institutions of Catholicism. And, and, and kind of puts her spin on them but there's Except separate dear
1: jesse you know, yeah,
2: all, yeah. that's,
0: the, that's the that's the ccd classes during the church the kids
1: go
3: to. that's okay. you take a kid and but send you know them there had
1: been precedent for pop stars or or yeah. you know musicians um bringing religion into their work i mean of course the beatles yeah. are famous for this right yeah. Yeah. and or you know and, and how they brought that into their music Pat as Stevens well and yeah. people like that they, yeah. would do,
0: they would bring all that in it just I, I, I was not I was just kind of like this this feels very um impenetrable.
2: Mm, yeah. The
0: cabal, unless you were on board with it and in it. Yeah. It's like the secrets to the unit you know, the codes. What are these codes?
1: Yeah. Are they like well, the ones on our phones? now? <laughs> yeah. I mean Yeah, they're che- they're cheats. Yeah. This like yeah, yeah. ID? Do I I mean I think the the co- the secrets to the universe is what she starts to put into her lyrics and specifically on this song, but I, I think they fly through confessions as as well, where we really hear this spiritual yearning, like the love songs are, are more, are, are about somebody else, but oftentimes about her relationship to a higher being or a higher self or looking for the light, yeah. which had been in there already, but now we're really focused. And there's something moral about it too, yeah. that is both comforting and also uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Well and, and clearly, I mean, I think I think it, it helped her because she was more open, she was more relaxed, she seemed happier, she seemed more engaged, she was curious about other people in a way that I don't think she necessarily had been in the past. So there there are you can't deny the benefits of it in, in her life. And For sure. you know, and so and I mean I don't think that, that it's a it's a coincidence that all the things she wanted in her life started to happen to her after she started studying Kabbalah. You know, like things just, she, she had a relation, like all these things she wanted.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's where I start to go, well, is it a cult like Scientology? Because yeah, you hear yeah. these people who go into that, and if they become famous, there suddenly this massive network that occurs yeah. and builds things for them. But I don't really think this was that. No. I don't really think that. No, no.
0: Um, I mean, I don't know. So we, the the machine, the Madonna machine has uh, starts to rev up around this record, and there's already resistance to it. But that machine is pretty formidable.
1: Yeah, I mean, she goes on. Um, you know, when she did the music, right? The music promo, she did these sort of um, club dates, right, yeah. in kind of largest spaces. In yeah. fact, one close to here, right? She did. It, didn't she do it at Brixton? Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Brixton. Sure. I think Brian Brian Mullen was in the house. Was in, <laughs> Brixton. in Brixton. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then for this, she went into. She decided to do these like small record stores. Yes, she
0: did. Yeah. But before she did any of that, oh, yeah. before she did any of that, she did something that. Um, and it has it, it proven to be, bring me back something, please. <laughs> a snack, some nuts. Um, before she did any of that, she did what, what's been her, pretty much her swan song in acting uh, by playing uh, Liz, uh, Karen Walker's roommate, as, um, on, as a guest star on the Will and Grace sitcom, which she did. Um, and, uh, this is a strange interlude in the, it was right before the album came out. Um, I think Carice Henry, her manager, yeah. convinced her to do it. Everyone and their mother had been on Will and Grace by that point, playing yeah. oftentimes themselves. L- uh, uh, J-Lo.
1: Cher. Sandra uh, Bernhardt. Britney Spears. Britney, all these yeah. different
0: people had yeah. played it. Madonna wanted to play a character, <laughs> and she wanted most of her scenes to be with Megan Mullally. So yeah.
1: she plays Liz. She plays Liz, who has an apartment. Megan, uh, Megan's character, Karen, has to move out of their mansion and uh, finds, an, finds a roommate. And so she moves in with Liz, who works in the music industry, um, and she she works on those she works helping promote those CDs. Like she says, you know, pop hits of the '80s, women of the '80s. You know? That's what 1993 was, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And they they it's it's actually a terrible storyline because we were we were thought oh we be thought fun. it'd be fun to do a scene from the from the
0: show together. And so I we, know, right? And we, we, we tried. It was really bad. It was right? so bad. It's, it's so bad. bad. It's so awkward. And she, yeah. she's bad.
1: Oh. And, and Madonna's wearing a terrible wig, which you know really oh, doesn't flatter work. her. Yeah. Um. And it was really the last so far, except for voice work she does yes. later. Um. Acting job that she's done. Um. So I would say it sort of ended with like her acting career right now has ended with a sort of like quiet comma.
0: Yeah, we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, I think yeah. I think she has one like like you know playing some
1: character role later. Right. She, yeah. Right. We don't know. A girl um, can
0: dream, can't she? Yeah,
1: um, but so she so that comes out the that that episode airs the night before the album is released, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's an, a long interview with uh, Megan Malali as well that sort of played on VH1 and um, sort of you know, talks about her career and what she's up to. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, she's going on all these small venues. Yes,
0: she's taking, um, she's doing all these small places, and she's got a small band, and she's, I mean, I think she, she played HMV here in, in London. She played at Tower Records in New York. She did one.
1: She did some private shows in Paris at small spots. Like, like, cl- like small, like I think maybe 500 people were yeah. like, at the yeah. most. And it really is like, you know, she's really playing an intimate show. And she's like with this rock band. It's reminiscent of her time um, at, with Breakfast Club yeah. when she's young. The band um, of the people we can identify, it's Mere Ways. Um, Monty, Monty. Pitt, Monty Pittman. Monty Pittman. Stuart Price. And Stuart Price. And then there's a drummer and one other uh, a keyboardist. A keyboardist. The yeah. um, and they're like.
0: They're not ready to go on tour, let's just say. This band is like, I mean, like, later on, because I mean, when she does the um, New York show, they, they they want an old song, and so nobody knows how to play Like a Virgin yet, so it becomes this And she weird- literally is, like, yelling at them, like, you guys stop!" <laughs> and it's, but, but the, what's interesting about these things, these are the first times she's playing these songs live, and you can tell they want, the audience wants to get it, dude. Yeah.
1: And the songs aren't jamming, right? When she does it on MTV, um, and the whole—it's like the day the album is released, she does this MTV special, yeah, with which Carson is like a, Daly. Carson Daly, and then there's interviews with um, John. Norris, John Norris, yeah, and she does Hollywood. She does American Life. She does Nothing Fails. I think. Um no, she doesn't do Nothing. I don't remember what it is. But she and the audience knows all the lyrics already, right? Of course, as we all would if we were invited to the oh, the first day, we'd already know all the songs. But they're trying. And they to were at the Midnight Show. They were, oh, they were yeah. the Midnight Release. They'd all night to memorize those lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> they're there singing with her, but no one's really like funky. Like no one's really moving. The
0: songs can't lift, and you're in this small, and, and, and it's maddening. It's maddening to watch because it's like you're 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 this. Close. Close to Madonna, you're this close, and and the songs are like oh, but
3: no, it's yeah, like if she played horrible.
0: "Lament" from Avida, I and mean, <laughs> I'd be like oh, remember <laughs> or, or imagine, oh god, but I make like her if, Imagine uh, cover. Oh, let's not talk about it today. <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, it, you, you she, uh, and you watch Madonna also realizing that the songs aren't. Sorry.
1: they're different that there's something different about them and that they're still trying to find their groove and she doesn't after this this small tour she never plays any of these songs like this again no no they, um, they become something else for the tour and
0: i, I mean I, I just want to say a couple of points a, a couple points is is like it's so cool that Madonna did that. That MTV show because at this time the, the landscape had totally changed. Nobody was famous and successful when she was famous and successful at the beginning. Were are still in action. Nobody was playing TRL, for example, and she was. Um, this was also the beginning of. Articles about Madonna being over. There was a, a, a writer named Lynette Holloway who wrote for The Guardian a piece, a long ass piece, a long ass piece about Madonna being over. This is so offensive. Yeah. This is so like, she's irrelevant. And I found it interesting. It was a woman who wrote this piece, and how long it was. Yes. Like I was like, this woman like spent like a week doing this.
1: Yeah, it's really long, and it ends with saying, "I I encourage you to um, boycott, boycott this, this single. song." Yeah, she says to boycott it, and she talks a lot about her the Madonna the image that Madonna's yes. um, touting yeah. around town, which is this you know Che Guevara ripoff. She says, you know, Che Guevara has been so commodified in our culture. It's like yeah. these T-shirts people buy on like. Um, you know, at a flea market, right, and where I'm like, Yeah, but you know, no one knows the history of Che Guevara or whatever it was has been co-opted and now Madonna's turning it into something else, this image, all these images, which really I mean are intense. I mean, she's there holding these guns, right? Oh well, and then of course she's doing a back. She's doing back- a back bend because you know oh. you have time. You have time <laughs> while, while the gun is loaded. Well, you got to get ready. Someone right? else is loading the gun for yeah. you. Like I'm going to Namaste this shit. I think. that, uh, Yeah, totally. Well, I think she gets into that and then she like flips over and kicks them in the face. Kicks
0: them in the face. Well, Hi, yeah. And this shoot was done by Craig um, Craig McDean, who did the Vanity Fair that she did in the fall, yeah. looking very matte like very harsh they're, they're very harsh photos they're yeah. aggressive um and she what i love about it is she's no longer Avida.
1: she's right. now in she's flipped the, in the, the other role with
0: the people yeah yeah
1: which is pretty cool a nice self-reference for her
0: she is she's yeah. down there she's down with the people with leading the, people. the
2: brigade
1: yeah so,
2: singing but... singing um, and her money keeps flowing in
0: yeah
1: exactly Yeah, Madonna of the People's Voice is is an interesting place for her to land. It's an interesting thing. Um, It's an interesting... All right. And I I,
0: I do... uh, One last thing that I noticed was like the only person who um, at this year's Grammy Awards that we just endured in the States um, was besides Bonnie Raitt, who is a fucking legend and deserved that song of the year. Fuck everybody. Um, But um cold chris martin who uh did the best album of the year was the only person working in 2003
1: no beyonce was working as destiny's child but no that was the year she became beyonce that's crazy really? In love was the song of that never year. mind
0: yeah that's a love yeah. wow yeah. i was gonna go for a moment but I oh okay that. wait let's, let's <laughs> that's okay that no that's good no i'm wrong because i forgot about Beyonce. <laughs> she got there late
1: Beyonce got she there late? She got
0: there late. After she'd won her, like, uh, like, record-breaking award. Can Beyonce be late? She was late. They started that show. They didn't wait for Beyonce. They weren't, like, all of
1: you waiting. Like, they started
0: that fucking show. <laughs> all
1: right, well, okay. But it was a good point.
0: I guess. It kind of <laughs> wasn't a good point. But... That's why we do it live, because we can cut it later. You <laughs> <laughs> should hear some of the things that we've cut. Oh,
1: my God. Listen, I'm just going to say, this is on a side note, the Die Another Day episode, we have like five recordings of, because we, could, we kept fucking it up, and then we, one of the times we had, and maybe we should share this, maybe you guys want me into it, but we went on like, it was like an it. hour and a half conversation about Swept Away. And we were finally like, this episode is not about Swept Away. Um, but we couldn't stop talking it about longer it. longer than the fucking movie. Is. <laughs> so we were like, stop, stop. Um, so anyway. Um, Gene
0: Triplehorn.
1: All right. Is tr- Gene Triplehorn? Gene Triplehorn All right. Um, hey, I think it's time to get to like, what I would consider the centerpiece of, and the biggest issue with this song, which is the video or videos. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna to try to tell the narrative of the videos. If any of you are like, no, 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 you're not getting this right, please shout out and I will correct myself. Cause we worked on this a lot because it was, it's a very weird time, like what happens in this time. So I'm going to start back with the idea of, like, Madonna's like, hey, I'm, I'm about to release a new album. This is a new era. I need something that's going to make a statement. This song is a statement song. I want something really bold. And Madonna's now, you know, I want to go back to work with one of my collaborators, Jonas Åkerlund, who had done the beautiful Ray of Light video and the amazing music video. And so, and had, you know, kicked off another album cycle in a really powerful way. And she said, you know, I'm thinking, I'm using this kind of image. I want to do something that's about, that directly addresses the fact that we are, you Either about to go to war, or we are, you know, and that something, and the world is changing, and what's going on in culture. He's like, great, I'm game. They map out this story, and the story, as I can tell, of the original video was that Madonna is this revolutionary. It's this character. Um, she and a band of her. Uh, can we give her a name? Oh yes. Her name is Rhonda. <laughs> Rhonda the Revolutionary. <laughs> Rhonda the Revolutionary yeah. and her band of... Of, of bitches. <laughs> are you in my gang? <laughs> Give me, yeah. <laughs> when I say pimp... <laughs> you say okay. how. All right, so, um, so Rhonda... Rhonda decides. Rhonda yeah. decides, like, hey, you know what? There's a fashion show happening, and let's disrupt this fashion show. Not yeah. only disrupt it, but we'll talk about what they do. Um, so this fashion show, though, is like... Um, all the items on the fashion show, this line, are all war inspired. Yes. So it's like military garb, camo. Somebody comes out with like a gas mask as one of the outfits. The audience is like eating it up. And for me, the audience reminded me of like the people we see in the Drowned World Substitute for Love video. They're not. Their faces aren't morphed, but they're like grotesque. They're like there for the for the for this moment of like kind of. Inappropriate fashion, right? and everybody looks kind of like
0: somebody else. Yeah. Like there's like a Sophia Loren look alike <laughs> yeah. and a Tilda Swinton look alike, and like a and Andre Leon Talley look like there are totally. these people in the audience who are
1: supposed to remind you,
0: but yeah. they're not that
1: right. And there are also like um, at least two children that walk down the runway who are not ever identified specifically, but look vaguely middle Eastern and are wearing sort of like peasant garb and their faces are very sad and there's close-ups of them walking down and they look like sad. And so I don't, you know, I don't know what the story we're supposed to glean from that, but it's sort of like, Oh, we're inclusive. Or we're thinking about like, who are the people that are being hurt in these wars? Right. The images on the backdrop of this, of this runway are all violent images of war. Um, and so, so then, so that's all happening. Meanwhile, we go back to. Um, Rhonda and her gang. Rhonda and the gang. They've are... been smuggled in on a bread truck and they're hiding Oops. in the bathroom. Yes. Of, of the, van. they're hiding in the stalls. Yes. And they're sort of like banging on the stalls, like getting ready to go out. Madonna has a knife and she carves into the wall. Protect me. Yeah. Applying right.
0: lipstick.
1: Right, they they come out. Things. Lots of things are happening. In she's these. checking herself in the mirror. There's also these um the, these um medium clips of Madonna that are interspersed where it's just her sort of against the green screen, and we're seeing images of flags behind her. And in the original video, also some images of bombs going off and stuff. This green screen shot, she's wearing like kind of what I would call like a colonel's outfit, like a hat. Oh. And it's not my favorite look of Madonna. I don't feel like the lighting is great. It's sort of pulls out a kind of harsher side of her, which yeah. maybe was on purpose, right? Um, so they finally, they like, um, are like, let's go, right? Let's go. Let's get the mini Cooper. And right. let's go. We have something that we're here to fucking do. To something. disrupt this thing. Yeah, we're here yeah. to disrupt. They they run down the hall, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, and they break through the fashion show in this mini cooper that's um, st- um set up like a like in camouflage. Yeah. Like it's a war. It's for war. They run over one of the models on their way out, and then things get really, really intense and violent. Right? She sprays the audience with like a hose, like pushing them back, and like like the way that you would in a protest where the government is sort of st- stopping the dissidents yeah. right she's um, we see models come on with their guts coming out of them growing body body parts turbulence. are everywhere it's,
0: it's all a mess. and the
1: audience though is still like into it as a spectacle they're not really connecting like they think it's part of the show which I think is an interesting comment on, yeah. on, on, on culture right the the original video ends with Madonna on a different mode of vehicle, uh, vehicle which I couldn't tell quite what it is it's like some, she comes in on something, she takes a grenade, she releases it, and throws it. And in the original video, um, a George W. Bush lookalike um, picks it up, uncaps it, and lights his cigar with it like it's a lighter. And, and then
0: so, cozies up to Saddam Hussein, who's sitting next
1: to him. Right. This was the original video that was yeah. going to be put out. This isn't the director's cut video, which is a different video, which we'll talk about. Like, Which, in that video, Madonna throws the grenade it lands on the stage, the whole audience looks at it and gasps, Madonna covers her ears, and then the video ends. And um, that was a video they didn't even bother to try to get past, you know, get on TV, right? Um, But um, a lot of things were happening right before this video came out.
0: Yeah, Madonna. I mean, there were there were a lot of things happening. Um, the Dixie Chicks um, famously had
1: Chicks, uh, as they're called now. Now yeah. they're
0: called the. There aren't going to be the Dixie Chicks yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm yeah, taking yeah. the long way around.
2: Um, <laughs> I, so Arms. the Dixie
0: Chicks had been here in London doing a concert, and um, she, uh, Natalie Maines, the lead singer, said she was ashamed to be from the same state um, that George Bush was from, and that set off a a tidal wave of negative press. Uh, condemnation, but from the conservative media, the entire country music In America, industry, yeah, yeah. and um, and there were videos of like people, you know, using a garbage truck to roll over their CDs, and um, and they were pretty much banned from radio. Um, their concert tour ended and they were, uh, after Europe, they, did, they continued that tour, but they did not, they were kind of done in the States.
1: Yeah, for a, a long time. Like
0: 15 or, they just came out with a new album a couple.
1: Yeah, they've ago. had a slow comeback, but it's taken yeah. a long time. This was two weeks before Madonna cycle was going to start. Yeah, And I think that, that that really, I think my guess is this, that the album company, she delivered this album and they weren't thrilled. You know, because there was no obvious hit on it. In fact, they go so far as to put Die Another Day onto this album, which I would say doesn't really fit on this album, but is a great song. And they something to drag the audience to make sure people bought it. Right. And I think then when she goes on this campaign and they make this video, I think I'm guessing this is all conjecture that the radio, uh, the record company was uncomfortable with this, but that she was going to move full speed ahead. Also,
0: um, the war, um, we had gone to war by the time the record was coming out. When they conceived this, um, we were not yet at war with Iraq, and now we were, like, in the throes of it. And so April of 2003 was very different than December of 2002, which was when they storyboarded this Uh, video, because there's a timing thing.
1: But we sort of knew it was coming. I mean, it wasn't like she she knew... I think in a way she really knew what she was doing. But I think when everything happened with the Dixie Chicks, I think I think that that's the moment where she, um, and I don't know that we've ever seen this before in Madonna's career, where she like blinked. Yeah. You know, she sort of said, okay, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing and I'm scared. <clears throat> yeah. And the record company probably mm-hmm. was giving her more heat. And she also was thinking like, I don't know, I think she's a mother of two, she has a husband, she has a whole life here in London that she's living and she has lots of other plans. And she was sort of, I think, worried, I think she talks about this specifically, worried about this overshadowing all the other stuff she was planning to do or do.
0: Yeah, well, and it's a different environment than like Justify My Love even, which was a very controversial video. That was a one-off. This was to start the beginning of an entire cycle. And the reality is, is that no one was gonna hear anything else if she
1: put that out. Well, I mean, ultimately, that's all we heard anyway. Correct. But I think think she was also like, you know, and this goes back to her and Jonathan Ross. Like, I don't think that she wanted she's and we all have experienced or watched Madonna go through that erotica phase that really took a toll on her physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I think she was like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. She's like, this isn't a fight I want to do. And so
0: she puts out this like highly censored one of the best videos of her career. And instead, she puts out one of her worst videos, which is this very it's it's the green screen footage of her in the commandant hat and the tie in front of the flags. And pretty much the whole video is that. And it is just such a disappointment. Yeah. So depressing. So um, not Madonna. You yeah. Know, I, I,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was a shame. You know what's great in the world we live in now is that well we can access all of those versions of the video. That's They're the all irony. online.
0: <laughs> They're both. And, and when you go when you YouTube American Life, Madonna, the original video
1: comes first. Yeah, and that's I think it's really an intense video. So I mean, you know, content notice on it. You should you know think about how how these images may affect you. But there's one part of the video that I think. Um, Has really been overlooked, which is there's a 20 second dance sequence in this video that is phenomenal. Listen, we actually tried. We
2: did.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: really bad. Mark is like, I can't do that role. No, we can't.
2: Got we it. We can't.
1: Oh. oh my god! But I mean, that—that that to me is like, oh yeah, right. This video She's was still in there. Was fabulous. Yeah. Just fabulous. Um, which. Um, and, you know, the video, so, okay, yeah, so the one thing I wanted to say about the song, which we didn't have another place for this, so I'm just bringing it up, is that, um, and I haven't told Mark I'm doing this, but, you know, it's that, it's that just that she has that fuck it, yeah. I think is so interesting and yeah. powerful and so overlooked, but she always yeah. in concerts is like, fuck it. Yeah. Like, that's the part of the song that really matters, you know?
0: Well, and and, and so much as, I mean, Nipplegate, uh, the Janet Jackson controversy is about to hit us. And yeah. there's so much coming up. And and I do wonder sometimes what would have happened had she released this video. Would there have been, you know, threats on her life, threats on the kids? For sure. And, and there's a lot I mean, of those things. And, and there's also that, I think another reason she didn't put it out was, we were already moving. And I think we, we, we are in a definitely a knee-jerk reaction culture now. Even then, everyone, there was a lack of nuance in interpretation. For sure. And I think a lot of people, a lot of the reviews of the album at the time are that same, show that same lack of nuance. And I think she knew that they wouldn't get, people wouldn't yeah. get
1: it. She's been here before. She knew what this was going to happen. In fact, the other day when we were practicing, Adam, who's doing, helping us with recording, was like, this is the same as what's happening now, you know. You know this all this negative attack on her, you know. Um, it, it's the same, and it's it doesn't always matter. Always been the same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this song
0: peaked in the states, unfortunately, at number thirty-seven.
1: Uh, no, I know, right? First song not to hit the top ten
0: of her of her uh, first single from her new album was the first one not to hit the top ten. Yeah, but it did wonderfully all over Europe and and all over the rest of the world. Yeah, it was a number one hit all over the place, except, except
1: in the UK where um, it uh, stopped at number two. Does anybody want to guess what the number one song was? Ooh, oh, good, that was a good guess. Good but it was not crazy in love, and it
0: was it, this was number one for four weeks. It had a four-week four stretch weeks. in 2003. Anybody?
1: Um, no, not Black Eyed Peas. But but uh, uh, you're, we're all in the time period. No. Uh. It was a, essentially a one-hit wonder. Um, I think they had one other single. Um, the name of the band was Room Five, and the song was Make Love. L U V. I mean, I think this is a vodka. You're saying? I don't know. Of, like, oh, I'd like to party, or um, American life, right? I mean, they were very <laughs> different. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that top ten, like number two, American Life? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, like, um, uh, more and more importantly, now uh, the remixes for this song were very, 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 very important. Yeah. Uh, Madonna was no longer being played on the radio; with the um, she could not guarantee her Billboard hits. So she um, she was really focused on the dance floors and being number one there, which she continued to be for you know finally. Yeah. Enough Love shows how many number ones she's had. It's bizarre. Um, so the, the, the this is more crucial. And we got, for all of the singles from American Life, a fat-ass EP of remixes, almost as long as the album. For each one. Um, and there were a whole slew of mixes for this song that surfaced all over the place, including a 20-minute Peter Rah Rahaufer. I, I-, 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 I- Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, called uh, what was it called? It was called the Epic Mix? No, what it was part one. It's 20 <laughs> minutes long. It's a 20-minute-long remix. And it's part one.
1: We never got part two. We did not get <laughs> part two, yeah.
0: Um, and then there yeah. was one that sounded like a great idea on paper. This sounded amazing. I was so excited about this mix. And it was the Missy Elliott mix. And it is a fucking disaster. Let's hear some of it. Let's that. hear some of it. <laughs> i like express
2: my extreme I'd express my extreme
0: A piece of shit. (laughs) I mean, no, but but that part, that part there is like, it's like a
1: Prince remix. It's like, oh,
0: there, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, it's almost there. And then, of course, we know Missy Elliott and Madonna go on to do a couple other things in the coming Problematic year. things. Yeah, yeah, which we'll talk about in
0: Which is shocking. Missy Elliott's so fly, and
1: yet yeah. this no, is it, not... it really did feel like they were like, Missy, hi, Missy, this is Madonna. Who? Uh, Madonna. Who? Madonna. Oh, hey, um,
2: girl. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, listen, I have this song, American Life. Oh. Um, would you do a remix of it? I got 20 minutes in my trailer before my show. <laughs> exactly. That's what it sounds Does like. Does anyone have a tape recorder? Yeah. Madonna exclusive. <laughs> 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 Oh, dear. I
0: love it. Like, I mean, but it's true.
1: So. Yeah. Well, there's a, um, the Paul Oakenfold mix got a lot of play, which is also playing heavily into the kind of hip hop, which hip hop sound. Um, but the one that I really love is also the one that there's a very truncated version on Finally Enough Love, which is the Felix the Housecat-Devin Dazzle mix. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And let's hear a little bit of that. We we're going go to dance here. not? Should we dance? Oh no, I don't know. Come on, come on! Yeah, we can do it. We're not doing the dance. The dance is ridiculous. And I ate my porridge and I was just like, we're gonna do the dance. <laughs> I'm
2: so proud of you, Kat. See,
0: this these are the moments of impromptu that
1: happen when we're together.
0: this is so what's true. Exciting.
1: So so true. Oh my god, I'm tired. <sighs> oh, I know. Well, we're in the home stretch. We're in the home stretch.
0: So there was a, there were a ton of live performances of this song, obviously. She it was a centerpiece of the reinvention tour, um, right after Express Yourself. Um, she released late in two thousand three the remixed and revisited EP.
1: Problematic CD. Silence. No one applauded that one. <laughs> she and on that she went more into the rock element or kind of hard rock element yeah. of a lot of the songs, including American Life. Yeah, and this um, is the
0: head the Dead Cleaner mix.
1: Head, head Cleaner
0: mix, and um, and it's really a rock inversion, and it's a very it's it's yeah. really like aggressive. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of that.
1: I mean I think it's it's interesting right
0: I mean, like, I just think about Jody, the girl who went to get the snacks for the Grant gang. Uh-huh. And then she comes back to that crazy. Oh, because she's like, I don't like the song I'm gonna yeah, go. I don't, get don't like
1: express yourself. I'm gonna go out and get the snacks. Well, fuck Jody, by, yeah, it, by fuck the way, Fuck Jody. Um, she oh, should have saved for express yourself. Yeah. But um I I found again, this is where like the song has grown on me over the years where I've appreciated it more. And it's particularly those two lines. Do I have to change my name? Am I gonna be a star? Which I find haunting now because i find it to be like resonant with this time in our lives where social media is such a big part of our lives where i feel like in a way that's like the collective unconscious question you know and so hearing her singing it with fury really moves me when she did it at the pride performance in 2019 which is the first time she'd done it in 15 years yeah. she sings those lines again and she sings it while she's moving playing the guitar and her and it's just her voice there's no other effect on it or anything and it sounds as desperate and as yearning as it did when she originally did it in fact even more so
0: well, and, and, and you know, now it's like everyone can be famous or everyone thinks they're famous because you curate this world for yourself on Instagram or social media or all of these things. And, and it's so... It, 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 the song now feels like this, like, time capsule we buried in 2003 and we've yeah. unearthed again 20 years because it'll be 20 years in April. Yeah. And, and the song is even more prescient. It's more relevant now. It was prescient then. It's relevant now. And she's like this this kind of... I don't know. It feels like because there's still that ugliness to it. There's she's like a cratered oracle. Yeah. Of uh, of the future, she's like yeah. call, she's like
1: screaming from from the past. Well, that's what, remember her and ways started out with the idea they wanted to create an album for the future. Or sounds like the future, and I feel like we caught up to the song.
0: Well, and and, and then you know, on the Madame X tour, she played it, yeah. and and it was one of the few old songs she did, and clearly she is also feeling a sense of like, we have, I have to wake people up again because yeah. th- th- we we needed that. And it, again, it was also a similar, we were with a problematic president in the States and she was on tour again on the road, kind of like screaming to the heavens right before COVID hit. And, um, yeah. and I think that that, th- it, it was no mistake that American life was in that set list for that reason.
1: No, I mean, I mean, obviously I think we've, we talked about this on the show before, but like. American Life and Madame X are inexplicably linked as is I think Erotica you know these three albums where she really steps out of comfort zone um, and of course because these two albums are specifically with Marois in the center of them yeah but we're wondering I think you know what are your thoughts on this song what are your experiences or um, in- instincts or responses to things we said or corrections introduce yourself as well. Yeah
3: take 10 seconds but
1: that's but okay. Matt. hi Matt oh hi Matt yes you oh, we knew you were coming as well good to see you hi, Yes.
3: yes.
1: is this on can you hear yes, me yes yes
3: so just my main problem is that it's all about this um, about she's saying she's expressing this extreme point of view but what extreme point of view I mean yeah. it's like the American dream doesn't work big surprise it's like <laughs> it completely falls flat there for me the whole kind of thesis where Elsewhere on the album, it's so introspective and thought through and subtle and kind of profound in parts. And it's just so top line, I think, that song.
0: Well, and I, I, th- I think that's a real, because that's always what I say when she says extreme. I'm like, it's not that extreme, Madonna. But um, I think that there's this, what, what is always so great about Madonna is the urgency of um, her intention doesn't always match the execution. And so there's yeah. a lot of times when she's like, I got this idea, I'm going to realize that I'm going to do this and do this. But then it's like, she, the reach is always higher than the actual. Well, I
1: think, yeah, I mean, I find that sometimes lyrically that she doesn't quite get to the deeper idea. And I, so I, I, I tend to agree with you on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Hello, my name's Theo. Hi, uh,
1: Theo.
3: I guess I don't necessarily have a, so my thoughts are, you know, this bit of uh, just general thoughts around... American Life, uh, season four or five of Absolutely Fabulous, where Adina says, is talking to Safi in the kitchen, saying, I want to be in Madonna's circle in West London. Like, there's this sense of Madonna's presence in London, and I find that the fact that, you know, you are talking about it's an album addressed to the future, but it also it opens with a retrospective. Like, I, uh, I did all these things in the past. So there's that temporality of it is interesting in and of itself ambivalence and like the performance of ambivalence and then where that falls down which I think it falls down for a lot of people (laughs) not me (laughs) 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 but like she performs the ambivalence and it's in the strain of the music video it's in the strain of the song but as you say she's never going to give up the privilege
1: I love that idea of ambivalence. I think that's a really nuanced way of looking at that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think the time she spent in England at this time allowed her to see America, the American dream, all of those things in a clearer way. I, I spent a year here in school during the, um, the, the President Clinton impeachments and all of that. It was illuminating to be here watching it happen. Um, it was a whole different experience than like my family who were there. Watch, involved in a day to day and I think that, that that she was able to look at the states
1: in a much clearer way from here hmm. I saw somebody's hand over here, yes, yes
3: Hi, um, this is Benton um, I think the her extreme points of view come very often in her videos, so actually the song isn't necessarily that extreme but the video is very extreme and I, and I remember at the time being really disappointed that she didn't put it out, but I also understand, I think part of the reason was also the fact that people's uh, children were going to war as well, and it yeah. was quite intense. And I also really like the fact that the photo shoot, which I think is one of the best album photo shoots and graphic designs ever, um, also references Patty Hearst. Yeah. And yeah, Patty Hearst yeah. is this rich you know, woman who was, then became scurrilified, so it's also quite self um, reflecting as well.
1: Oh yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And she, yeah, we
0: talked about Patty Hurst. We did, just didn't talk. About, yeah, and there's that you know, and she she was in that
1: kind of 60s, 70s rebel time that I think Madonna feels a kinship to. So for sure, I think too, you know referencing that the video sometimes is more is more you know this was the first time too where um, she didn't have the video to back up the the, the song and therefore it helped it. it didn't help the song survive, you know what I mean, it, or it hurt the song because we we really needed. If that image had eru- uh, had been there, I think we would have seen a fuller picture um, mm-hmm. within it. So I think that's a great point. I feel like we have time for one more, and then we should, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh uh, um,
3: just Charlotte here. Um, I was just, <laughs> similar to what you just said, if you think back to like a prayer, what if she hadn't put the video out? Mm. Similar to American Life, and what if we just had the soul? Yeah, we didn't have yeah. the same impact. No,
0: right. Yeah. I don't think it not. would have. And I don't think it would have been a number one hit because at the time that that song was that song was not what was being played on the radio, but I think it's the t- the twinge of the song being amazing and that video amped everything up. And and also I mean the one thing that is different about like a like in the 10 years or so is MTV was starting its decline as a as a cultural videos as the cultural thing that that's going to define a song was was it, it was like this it wasn't like there but it was you know it was starting to lose yeah. some of its
1: relevance well they were moving madonna over to VH1 yeah. you know which she was not happy about <laughs> yeah, she wasn't happy no it's just different well I, I know we have to wrap up, but we really wanted to play a game with you guys. Yeah, oh we have a game D- play Do right you want to play front. a game? <laughs> right. It's not, Mark. It's not truth or dare. It's not truth or dare. But we can play that later. <laughs> we can play this. that later. <laughs> um, so later.
0: we, um, one of the patron saints of our um, show is uh, the, the the complicated and effervescent Moira McFarlane yes, from Truth or Dare. Who's here today? Moira's here. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, they looked over. They were like, oh, she's here. Um, yeah. Moira McFarlane is Madonna's childhood friend that's yeah. in Truth or Dare. Um, and so we're going to play a game that we like to call Little Star or Little Shit. <laughs>
2: Little shit.
1: shit. (laughs) All right. And so we're going to hold up a picture.
0: Get that that ready to go. (laughs) We're going
1: to hold up a picture, and um, we just want you to call out if you think. And these are people either in Madonna's circle or in culture. um, And uh, we just want you to call out if you think they're a little star or a little shit. All right. Number one Nikki Harris. Oh, no. Donna DeLore. Oh, you guys are nice. Okay, you guys. Guy Ritchie. Yes. <laughs> little shit. Little shit.
2: little I t- shit. little
0: shit. I tried to find a really nice photo. Of I feel bad for Guy Ritchie. You do? I'm not, not really. No. no, no.
1: <laughs> Guy O'Siri, Madonna's agent or manager. Manager. Oh yeah. I think Little Star times and maybe Little Shit sometimes. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Um, Goop herself, Gwyneth. <laughs>
0: uh, another friend from Madonna's circle, Miss Sandra Bernhard.
2: Oh, oh, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yes.
1: All right, you guys. Former PM Liz Truss.
2: Oh, See, Moira
0: was going to be here to do that. Every, but she, she couldn't get her visa together. Shit. She couldn't yeah. get her passport updated.
1: She never had a passport. <laughs>
0: oh, oh. Um, current PM, Rishi, Rishi, Rishi Sunak. Oh, he's handsome, though. He is a ha- <laughs> oh, that's a
1: nice. He's a hottie. Books yeah, wow. aren't everything, believe me. I know. All right, and now, Prince William. <laughs> Prince Harry.
2: Oh,
1: oh my goodness. <laughs> if this wasn't
0: the, wasn't the UK, I would have stamped on the photo, but that's just what's wow. going wow. Okay, I'm going to do the next one. It's a very pouty. Brooding Kenny
1: Finkel. Oh, oh you guys. Um, and the Mr. Mark Snyder.
0: There was some hesitation, motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Mark, don't storm off. Oh. Okay. Well, listen, I think... Little shit. I'm going to call myself a little shit. I want to hear it one more time. Little shit. Little shit. Little shit. Little shit.
2: Little shit. <laughs> little shit.
1: Little shit. <laughs> well, um you all this has been amazing we um don't really want to wrap up but we have to because brian's amazing show live to tell which is playing at four o'clock hopefully some of you are staying um it has to set up so um and we really have to give up the space so i guess we could hold a we could just sit here and not leave we could be here for the show and just sit here and have a conversation just be like oh, Brian's gonna move around uh, us and look at brian's moving look at them I, I like that he scene. You work so yeah. hard in this show, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, and Dan De La uh, amazing. Dan, Dan is amazing as well.
0: Dan De La Mod, He changes his shirt so many times.
1: It's, for, it's amazing. Well, we want to thank Brian, who invite, who was the one who invited us out to come do the show and to come be here. He's in the house. Thanks, he really is. Oh, there you um, with Dan sitting next to him, the fabulous thing. Um, we're going to thank a whole bunch of people, so uh, we want to thank Deidre McLaughlin, who's the director for the "Live to Tell," Steph Weller, who's the producer, yeah, yeah. Samalz, the stage manager in the back, Adam Smith, who's helping us with the sound, um, and all the people at Omnibus Playwell Productions, Alex Thomas, Joey Mitchell, for the amazing artwork. Who's one of the listeners of the show and just sent us this. Yeah, and he, we wanted, like, he
0: wanted to be here, but he's in the states, and he sent this. This is Joey. Oh,
1: gorgeous no work. Right. And really, our biggest thank is to all of you for coming because I can't tell you, like, we've done this show for four years now or three yeah. and a half years. Yeah. We do it alone. We have been aware that people have been listening, but we never know who anybody is, you know, and you don't know who we are, right? But we um, have talked a lot about, like, being in community And being with you all here really makes us feel like this is a community that we really value and cherish, and we are so appreciative of you coming out and spending time with us today, so thank you.
0: Um, I'm going to end this with a quote from David Bowie, uh, Madonna's probably biggest musical influence. I think it's terribly dangerous for an artist to fulfill other people's expectations. If you feel safe in the area that you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in to be a little bit out of your depth. And when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. Till next time. Bye.